0: Thank you very much for this invitation. Thanks to all the uh, organizers for this uh, honor. And really what is uh, I consider to be a real privilege to, to uh, talk about Doreen and her work at this occasion. And I should also add that I th- I th- I'd like to think that I speak on behalf of many, many people, not just in this auditorium but elsewhere in world geography, um, who would want to say something about Doreen, not simply because she's influenced the thinking of so many of us over such a long time. So let me begin with this thought that um, I think we we tend to forget that um, a settled idea or a body of work that we've all become really quite familiar with started out as a real jolt to imagination, a real... um, I suppose, um, push against a door that at some point in time was, was firmly shut. A real break with canonical thinking at the time, whenever that time was, that this idea or this body of work that we've come, become really quite familiar with came from somewhere and originated in the thinking of an individual or a group of people individuals, perhaps even an intellectual movement of some sort. And so I think it is with uh, Doreen Massey's work on space and place, which transformed, taken for granted assumptions some 30 years ago, which showed how central the spatial is in the constitution of the social, this was not uh, immediately obvious at the time, Um, that turned places into richly textured and also a a patterned ground. I'll explain in a minute what I mean by patterned ground. Um, Thinking that made place come alive. Now, others on this panel and later on uh, this afternoon will comment on other aspects of Doreen's work on space and society. But what I want to do is just to concentrate on how she changed our thinking about place, cities and regions, loca- localities, <coughs> uh, lived space in general, I think. And she did so. She, she got to see place in a completely different way. At the tail end of the 1960s, places were still seen either as bounded historical entities all with their very elaborate modes of living and usually reducible to the parochial. We, try, we understood places at that time very much by their own internal, sometimes historical dynamic combination of the social culture and, and the lived. Or the, the then dominant tradition saw places as how can I put it? As, as points on a geometric surface, uh, as lifeless aggregations of numbers, uh, the measures of spatial science, manifestations of quantitative calculus uh, in some shape or form, um, points on a grid, a very flat grid. And Doreen, I think, at that at the time, was very much at the forefront of a group of radical geographers and then later Marxists and feminists who tore into this reading, who politicized the spatial and offered a very different interpretation of place. One incidentally, I should add that made you actually really want to study cities and regions um, as a social scientist, not just as a geographer and in my case, as a graduate in Italian studies, I came across somebody's work there on cities and regions, which made me think, I'd really, I'd like to know more. This is really interesting stuff. And I think she offered us three crucial insights, looking back over this 25 to 30-year period, which I want to just uh, briefly articulate. W- one was this, the absolute necessity to consider cities and regions as entities caught up in multiple dynamics of spatial formation. Many, many sources of formation and in some cases, deformation. So Doreen insisted that in, in looking at a city or a region, you need to look at historical legacies. You need to look at external influences. You need to look at, yes, the word structural has to appear in her work, structural stroke institutional forces. You have to look at place-to-place connections. Um, You have to look at local class relations, and much, much more. And we take a lot of this for granted now, but I think we see all of this right from her, uh, what I consider to be a seminal essay, in what sense a regional problem, which was crafted in the late 1970s. We see the beginnings of this construction uh, of place in in relational, historicized, cosmopolitan terms, and I mean cosmopolitan there not as a dirty word, but really as a, a, as a way of look, situating place in its, in its wider um, uh, spatial context. Then I think she showed us secondly, how local futures, the local present, the local future, was inextricably bound to the logics of capital and structured power, but never, slavish, never slavishly so. And indeed, with capital itself um, conceived as a social relation, as something that was gendered, that was class-inflected, that was above all, um, contested. And again, here we saw this from um, <coughs> her very significant book, "Special Divisions of Labor," um, and in her later writing, and, and including in her later writing, places such as Cornwall, Manchester, London, um, appear as caught, as snared um, in and shaped by uh, world capitalist transformations, particularly at the time in the early mid-80s, industrial transformation. But again, at least for me, never in a one-way essentialized manner, but always talking back. These are the places, the cities and regions that she talked about, always inflecting the the bigger changes afoot, sometimes uh, disrupting uh, the challenges uh, the the cities and regions face. Um, This last word, disrupting, I think is is an important word because a third crucial insight that um, Doreen Massey has brought through her work was really her invitation to see place as, as a political field as an entanglement of power relations which are never reducible to the obvious sites of power and to the powerful alone. So power here and also through the work of her colleagues at the Open University, power revealed as crushing, as unequal, as constitutive, as combative, as uncertain and sometimes producing Unpredictable and emergent effects. And again, here we see this right from her work on um, work in which she refers to these key concepts, spatial geometries of power, <coughs> to that on workers, unions, women, local government, and democracy in general. It, it is absolutely clear that cities and regions have to be seen as sites of, of what? Of never easy-to-read power dynamics. Never easy-to-read power dynamics, which demand an understanding of the plural sources, the plural meanings of power, on the one hand, and on the other hand, also demanding um, forensic-situated analysis. Um, Doreen has rarely just simply descended from above. She's actually done what she's done by looking at particular instances, social, spatial. So this forensic situated analysis in order, um, firstly, to trace the networks and the relations that make places. Secondly, to see the plurality of actors both here and there in dynamic interaction as as co-responsible for the making of place. And looking also for those sites, perhaps liminal sites, um, through which some kind of possibility for democratic change in these cities and regions might be possible. Now, these transformations in our thinking on place, and I've just mentioned three, I, I could list many more, but these three strike me as the ones which come with enduring legacy, I think we owe decidedly to Doreen Massey. But but it's a a particular kind of debt I think we owe Doreen. It's to a mode of thinking, um, a way of seeing, in the examples that I've chosen, place, rather than the offer of a fixed theory of place with all the nuts and bolts in place. In my view, her call has been to, to do, has been to do cities and regions in an open, sophisticated, inquisitive and above above all caring way to trace the actors, to trace the legacies, the relations and the institutions that ultimately make space. Uh, she gives us, in my view, no spatial template, template but instead, to use her own words, she gives us a sense of place with some of the ingredients in place uh, for us to develop that sense of place. And um, which is why, which is precisely why I think over a 25- to 30-year period, our thinking has been so influential, so formative and still so relevant. So it's curious then that, um, that in, in the last couple of years, a, a new tide of critical thinking. Um, has emerged not just on the horizon but in some of our journals, which is beginning to um, question relational thinking or at least calling it to account. Um, I'm referring to some papers in economic geography and regional studies in the last couple of years. Interestingly, uh, much of this work uh, isn't critical of Doreen's on writing, but others, people like myself, who, who've also engaged in developing... A re- relational perspective. and um, just 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 so that Doreen has something to respond to, uh, uh, th- let me just um, end on a couple of um, things that we can all get our teeth into in, as part of this critique of relational thinking. One, relational thinking has been um, it's it's been said that it's far too concerned with networks and flows and fluidity, the changeability of things, if you like, than with um, given entities such as historic regions, firms, states, institutions, th- those things that are, I suppose, historically visible. And so it's, it's been argued that because of this, um, I suppose, emphasis of uh, the changeability of things, relational thinking is criticized for being light, on structural power and on embedded uh, social and institutional forms. And another uh, element of the critique is that um, relational thinking, it is argued, is much more interested in interpersonal and social networks um, than in underlying mechanisms and macro structures. And therefore, offers um, against its own, um, I suppose, canonical principles only a very partial reading of the world at large, whatever that world is, whether it's (coughs) the world of firms or of cities and regions. Now, in my own view, I I think both criticisms tend ultimately to ignore what I would call the baseline of relational thinking, which is that all social life is made out of entities, micro and macro, contingent and institutionalized, which are always placed in dialectical relationship with each other. In other words, I think the essence of the kind of relational thinking that Doreen was trying to get us to um, acknowledge and acquire as part of our um, set of analytical tools is a a question of, of whether you define the social process, the socio-spatial process as entities in relation with each other or as entities that ultimately make the world of their own accord in their own right. I think that's the key issue that needs some debate and some discussion. So certainly I think from within a relational perspective, my response to some of these criticisms would be, well, yeah, one of the challenges that we all face is precisely that of understanding, let's take a region here, how a region's relational mappings for instance, its global connections and its global flows and the things and bodies and ideas passing through a region actually intersect with given institutional configurations, territorial boundaries, governance structures, and so on. And so, just to close, I'd be very interested to know what Doreen makes of this recent uh, turn, at least in, re- in regional studies, um, calling the relational approach to account